Ask the podcast coach for October 21st, 2023. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music that means it's Saturday morning. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. And uh, joining me right over there, we're going to talk a little YouTube. We're going to talk a little Apple Podcast today. Is the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I'm sensing a little fired up tension I, in your voice. I this am. Morning. It's like you just you it, seem a little fired up. You, you are that, correct. I've been reading things on the internet, and I was like, "Wow, we could just do an entire show of here's a power rant from Dave, followed by another power rant from Dave." Just we I, we've said this a lot on this show. Is I think people are overthinking things, and there was there was lots of uh, lots of overthinking going on. So we'll we'll hit that, and then the whole YouTube thing is, um, boy, I wish we could cuss on this show because it's it's a show, it's an S show. There's only one way to, well, depending I guess on who you are. But to me, when I saw, yeah, well, we'll get to that later because right now I bet you're thirsty. I am. Can you pour me some coffee? Can I pour some coffee? There we go. uh, There it is, and uh, of course that particular coffee pour is brought to you by our good friend Mark over at podcastbranding.co. Now, here's the thing. If you're our, like right now, I have a phone, right? Phones display things, perfect. But if you did your podcast artwork in crayon, it's not going to look good. It just doesn't. And if it looks like it's spent, like you spent four minutes on your artwork, what does that say about your podcast? Like, is that going to be good? Your, your first impression is ruined. And Mark is brilliant at helping you make a great first impression. I mean, look at the artwork if you're watching the video. It's amazing. And uh, this could be your artwork. It could be a full website. It could be a lead magnet. Anything that you want to look good, you got to go over and see Mark. Because not only is he a great graphic artist, he's a podcaster. So he's going to work with you one-on-one to make sure that your show, your artwork, your website, your PDFs, whatever you need is all in alignment with your brand. So when it's time to look good, go over to podcastbranding.co. Big thanks to our friend Dan LeFevre. They're based on a true story, based on a true story podcast.com. Gettysburg is the latest episode. If you want to check that out, they take a look at just how much is that movie based on a true story, Gettysburg with Gregory J.W. Irwin. It does. Sounds like a historian, doesn't it? Your last name, doesn't that sound like a historian? Check it out right now, based on a true story podcast.com. That Dan, thanks for your sponsorship. Aren't you glad you don't have to be at Gettysburg? Uh, I mean, how awful. <laughs> How awful the yeah, Civil War was. Awful. Pretty much, you know, in my travels, almost every war is kind of awful in a way. You know, just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I yeah. love the fact. What was his name? Something J something. Yeah, JW, or as opposed to the other. Yeah. But it's Gregory. Gregory. <laughs> okay, just, in, just in case there's any confusion in the Irwin uh, world. Yeah, yeah, that's why I always love. Uh, there's this guitar player named Ingve Malmstein. And it's always Ingve J. Malmstein as opposed to the, the other 8 million. <laughs> well, you need something to break up that name a little bit, you know, so it, it, otherwise yeah. they're like, what did you say? Yeah, it's, it's always a little crazy. Uh, but the, the big news this week was, well, there were a couple things. Number one, 
Apple put out a statement saying that, hey, your downloads might go down a little bit. And I didn't even realize this was the thing, but they have, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to this article, but basically what it was is, uh, you know, there's always those people that go, well, we can't tell if it was a listen or not. And Apple has this cool thing where if you don't listen to the last five episodes at all, like just zero, they will stop downloading those episodes. So it's kind of like, oh, that's cool. But the thing was, I didn't realize this, is when you finally go back to said show that you haven't listened to in a while, and you'd say, and it'll say, hey, like, you haven't listened to this show. Do you want to start downloading these again? If you said yes, it would download every episode you have not listened to. So you might get a spike. Apple has come out and said, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We're still going to do the pause thing. But now when you say, hey, do you want to listen to these episodes? When you hit yes, it will download. It sounds like either A, it'll just start downloading the next one or it'll download the current one. But you're not going to get that back catalog uh, downloading all that. So, and to me, I was like, cause I forget what article it was that said this might affect some people by like 10%. And I was like, that means people are not listening to your show on a regular basis though. I'm like, I mean, like I know the, the stat is the average listener listens to nine podcasts a week is what I'm hearing now from, I think Edison research, but I was like, I don't know. I just, to me, I I don't, I don't know. Do you have, do you run, first of all, I don't use Apple podcasts. What do you listen to on uh, what do you, what is your app of choice? Yeah. Overcast. Overcast is yeah. Overcast is what I use. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, you've got to, as you're looking at your own stats, I think you've got to discount them anyway. I mean, listen, I know we've gone oh. down this IAB certification thing, blah, 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 blah. But I think you've got to shave some off. I mean, I know it's tough on the ego, but you're actually getting way less than you think. Now, Numbers are numbers, right? And and you can't constantly be like discounting the numbers that you get to get anything good out of your stats. So run with what you got. But Dave, I think sometimes we, you know, there's a lot of things going on. Folks are downloading and not listening to it. It's only getting listened to partial. And that's okay. Like just be, be okay with that. That's well, just the way it is. But I think some folks want to inflate their numbers a little bit. So, oh, no, these probably aren't enough. And they're probably too yeah, much. Yeah, there are. In, in Libsyn, I'm still not quite sure why we do this. I guess because people ask for it. There's this, uh, a toggle switch. So if you're running advertising, you you need to report IAB stats. And then there's other the other side of that is unique, which was kind of Libsyn's version of IAB stats before we were certified. And they're higher. There weren't quite as many criteria. And so it's amazing how many people, like when you log into Libsyn now, the default is IAB and they're like, hey, my numbers went down. And you're like, no, 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 that's just the IAB. And they're like, well, how do I, like, I want the other one to be the default. And it's why it's just an ego thing. And I get it. It's it when I, uh, in my bio it says I've had 3.1 or 3.3 million downloads of the School of Podcasting. That's non-IAB numbers. I And that's one of those things I know. I was like, oh, wait a minute. What is the IAB number? It's a little over a million. So it's like, you know, that's, that's a big haircut. So that's one of those where you kind of go, all right, you know, but it's uh stats are fun. And in at speaking of Libsyn, we did some maintenance on our stats. Here's the thing. Anytime you get a spike in your numbers, I'm going to say it's a bot. Like if you like don't know where the numbers came from and all of a sudden you got a huge thing and you're like, holy cow, did I get mentioned somewhere? That's definitely a possibility. 
But there's also a much better possibility that there was a, a gazillion bots out there and one of them snuck through. And it's a bummer, but that's the one thing when I first started looking at Libsyn, I can see like the raw data and the amount of downloads you get from bots is ginormous compared to what your actual number is. And so on occasion, one will sneak through. And so somehow we did some stat maintenance and your numbers are taking a bit of a haircut. So that's the bad news for the ego again. Uh, the good news is uh, it's um, accurate. And that doesn't mean your old numbers weren't accurate. It's just there were things that, that per the IAB guidelines, yeah. like the IAB guidelines were like, oh, this is yeah. good. And then it was like, wait a minute. Um, that's not that's not what we thought it was. So those don't count anymore. So yeah. Um, you you don't think people have figured out their way around IAB oh, well, at this point? Yeah. I mean, come on. Any any game is any game is meant to, or any standard is meant to be gamed, right? Everybody every as soon as you come out with something, people start gaming it. So you know to to think that IAB is a perfect. It's it's better than what it's way better than what we had before. But I mean, don't don't get too uh, you know don't get too sunshiny on this one and say oh it's a perfect standard. No, it it's. I'm sure it's being gamed in some ways. We we listen. I, I we use Spreaker at work as at Gallup mm-hmm. as a as a host, and our January numbers were off the chart. I was like, what? And I I I called them. I yeah. They have a they have a chat service for support. So I chatted with them, and I was like, guys, right. somebody should look into this. I don't think this is right. I didn't, we've been doing this a while, and I didn't do anything. In, in fact, I did less in December to promote it than I did anything. And we shouldn't be seeing the spike. And then they were absolutely categorically denying uh-huh. any, we don't, we didn't change anything. We didn't do anything different. It's, you know, it is what it is. You know, they were very, very careful not to, not to say right. anything along the lines of there may have been something. I don't think anybody looked at my numbers over there just to kind of, or, or did any troubleshooting on it. So I don't think it even got looked at, but it's not like I, submitted those numbers to my boss and said, I need a race because <laughs> in February they went right back to where they had been, which was good. Right. And, and, uh, and they followed a pretty even trend throughout the year, but you look at January's numbers and they're just off and you're like, okay, that something yeah. like what you said, a bot or whatever, something yeah. went wrong. And I, I'd love to think it was me, but it's probably not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's probably something else. I want to see, listen, uh, in this topic, I want to see growth over time. I, the the spikes here and there don't matter to me. I mean, if you get mentioned a lot of the time, it doesn't last very long anyways. I want to see long-time growth, right? That's what I want to see. Uh, DR asked, um, which is, well, now I got a redragger thing, uh, had asked this question about, I wish Pocket Cast had a way to save episodes. It does. Uh, this way, right is left. This little star thingy, in the upper right-hand corner of pocket notes will let you, then you can say, show me my, now it's not, she was asking here about, I wish I could save them under like a, a list of some sort, but there's a little star thingy in uh pocket cast that, which I like pocket cast. I'm kind of bummed because they had said, Hey, we're going to embrace some of that podcasting 2.0 stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm down with that. Cause I'm a, I'm a, um, a playlist guy. I like it when my stuff comes down, it automatically goes into a playlist and pocket cast does that. And then they had, that was like four months ago that they said, Oh, we're going to embrace some of this, you know, streaming Satoshi stuff. And I was like, cool. And I I'm using Castomatic, um, which is a pretty good app, but all the new apps 
This is one thing about Overcast, man. I never had an issue with that thing. Rock solid. I so wish Marco would do that. He's publicly said, yeah, I'm not doing this. Uh, he sends lots of money to the podcasting 2.0 project, but he's like, yeah, that's not coming into my, my app. And I was like, oh, what a bummer. Daniel says, my favorite part of the chart is the one that compares your episodes from the release day plus number of days so you can see the first 37 Yep, that's in, uh, most apps have that, but Libsyn has that. That's a, It makes it really easy to figure out, is my audience growing or not? So uh, that's it. And of course, we need those stats because Chris is mentioning, you know, we need those so we can make sure that we're in the top 0.5% of listen notes. I just talked to somebody who's on like episode eight and they were in the top 10% of listen notes. So once again, horrible stat. Please quit using. I mean, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, right? I mean, it's real words. Anyways, they're, they're words on a page. That part, that part's real, at least, right? The, Dan the Mugman, to Jim's point, that's why I've always focused more time on content versus marketing. If a spike happens for a real non-bot reason, I want people to stick around long-term, and that means good content. Yeah, it's one thing if you do get highlighted. And I've seen, I remember there was a guy at Libsyn that there was some really popular uh blog like just hugely popular and that guy had a link to this guy's episode so it was weird because there was one episode of this guy's podcast that just kept getting hammered and the guy took the post down and it was like turning off a light switch so there are i'm not here to say that you you can't get spotlighted but uh it's you know a lot of times it's especially if you go into your uh there was a guy i was working with and i was like well this is odd and he had purchased an email list that he had had uh, over the years. He'd been growing it and stuff and he, he decided to use it and he was sending everybody to his website to listen to the episode, which is great. You should have links there to, you know, follow and subscribe. Uh, but consequently, most of his plays came from his website. And so when you looked at the top apps, it was Chrome, not Apple. And anytime you see that, not that it means shenanigans are going on, but something outside of the norm is going on. And I was like, well, what are you doing for marketing? And that's what he's like, oh, I've had this old email list. He goes, I, I rarely use it. He's like, but it, it made the numbers go up. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, you you need follow and subscribe buttons on that episode too. Cause yeah, he got a a decent bump, but that the it's one thing to get them to click play once to, to Dan's point, to get them to click play twice. It's gotta be good content. Yeah. 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 We, we just released an episode that for whatever reason, the content really, really was popular in our community and they, it shows they're sharing it there. I mean, it's getting mentioned on LinkedIn. Um, I'm seeing it shared and that word of mouth, you got to listen to this one. So you, you do, that's what you're looking for. That's, that's the kind of social proof that you're looking for. And yeah, I look at the download numbers because it'll get, it'll flag me, you know, it'll say, Hey, that, that whoa, that one did get downloaded more often than the others to a certain percentage or whatever, and, and then start asking the questions why. I, I listen. I take the feedback that I get. The most important number is a direct email. Like we we have a a Gallup. We have an award that you can get, and it's got cash associated with it. And if you get an unsolicited um, uh, mention of recognition from a customer directly to one of our executives. You get this, you get this, and it's really hard to do, right? You got it. It's easy to get great feedback that way, but it's hard to do all these things. But every once in a while, it happens. I those emails that I get directly from listeners where I didn't 
say, hey, contact me. Would love to hear your opinion. Right. Email me, Jim, at TheAverageGuy.tv. Like, okay, that stuff doesn't count because that's, I mean, it does, but it doesn't really. It's the unsolicited where it comes out of the blue where somebody you've never, you've never yeah. heard from before emails in, right? Those are the, I think that's the important feedback. I, I got just this week for Home Gadget Geeks, I got a, hey, longtime listener, first time emailer, uh, you know, uh, you know, and some feedback. I actually I took a little bit of my own advice. Uh, I said, oh, this is great. They're in there. I think he's in Norway or Sweden or wow. something like that. Europe somewhere, maybe the Netherlands. And I was like, hey, let's chat. He was, he had some questions. Said, let's chat. Nice. So we set up a call for Monday and I'm calling him Monday morning. I've never talked to this listener before. He's been listening since way back to the home server show days for me. So 10, 11 years ago. And um, yeah, it was like, hey, I got an opportunity. This is a listener that I've never heard from before. Should probably make, and if they've been listening this long, I should probably make another connection, right, with it. And I did that with at work with a, a client this week. Um, they, they asked a question. I said, it'd be easier just to get on a call. And we did that. You do this all the time too, Dave, I'm sure at Lipson and I, we hammered it out quickly and it was way better than going back and forth via email. Like I, I win when I'm on a phone call versus an email. I'm terrible on email. It just, my, my writing is not, is not good. So anyways, good, uh, uh taking my own advice and making sure I'm quickly turning those around and making, did you learn anything? They're like, Oh, didn't know that or, or anything from that phone. Cause, cause to me, when you can have a direct conversation <laughs> with a listener, that's like, it's hard because you, you do a deep dive. At least I do. Like they just want to talk and all of a sudden I'm yeah. doing market research. Um, yeah, no, right on it. But you get great. Yeah. I did learn some things from that call that right. they didn't know I was learning from them, but you yeah, ask them a few questions. Well, how are you, how are you doing this? And how are you doing that? And what's this look like? It started off with, I well, can't yeah. believe I'm talking to you. <laughs> like I listened, to all, I listened to all this stuff and now you answer back, right? So now you know, okay, they are a listener if they're doing those kinds of things. And then, yeah, yeah, you get, you, you hear some things that you, right. that you wouldn't I, uh, get in an email. It was so fun because yeah. when I went to the Spark Conference, uh, Adam Curry was there, who I've met before, but his wife was there. And I listened to their show uh, called Curry and the Keeper. And it was, I was smiling because I'm, Tina starts talking and all of a sudden in my head, it goes, oh my God the voice of Tina Curry is coming out of her head, you know? And I was like, Oh, this is the listener thing. I have <laughs> so much fun. So yeah, that's right. always uh, interesting. So the other thing that was interesting that happened this week is YouTube music had a meeting. I thought it was just with media hosts, but apparently it was fairly open because I thought I'd got a scoop because somebody shared the video with me and apparently it's out there. What was interesting is the guy from YouTube music had the camera about 15 feet from him. His name was not on the screen. And most of his uh, image, his camera was just the the lid of his laptop. And I was like, okay, uh, that's kind of different. But what was interesting is if we go to this, I, I made an article about this. I wrote a blog post. And the big thing is they're, they're not pulling your, they're pulling your file from your media host. So this is the whole RSS ingestion. And I'm like, well, why aren't they doing a pass-through? So this was number one. They said, rehosting content enables us to do a better job with search and discovery, our ability to understand the content that's being uploaded to the platform and make highly re high-quality recommendations is contingent upon rehosting. And that's so that's a major benefit, better recommendations. 
That's that's smoke and mirrors all the way. This is all smoke and mirrors. Um, number two, we can also build awesome experiences for viewers that aren't possible with path through, pass through. And I was like, hmm. And he says, so for one example is being able to have chapter markers in the product on YouTube. Notice he didn't say music to be able to to go uh, to be able to go to a specific timestamp to which I went. Wait, like chapters like I do in this podcast every week. Yeah, that that is possible. It's just that YouTube Music doesn't do that because it's not a podcast app even though they keep saying it is number three reason was uh, in order for us to uh, and people go, why did you have this weird? I'm like, this is an exact quote. So in order for us to per, you know, uh, protect the platform, our viewers, cause we need protected and create a good experience. We need to be able to understand the content flag stuff that violates our policies. There's my friend is the reason why. <laughs> uh, and you, and well, there's the other the reason, reason too. Right? And you know, uh, keep our platform safe to which I kind of ask, when did we all become such pansies? Like it just, I mean, I get it. There's extreme people that are putting beheadings and stuff on YouTube, but I was just like, ugh. but here now yeah. that it gets, I do really love the, the fact that Todd said his right. show geek news central. So keep in mind a technical show. One of these companies came up to Todd and said, Hey, would you like to see how brand safe you are? And Todd's like, I'm not paying for it, but if you want to do it, sure. And he got flagged on a tech show for mentioning Elon Musk. And I'm like, really? So that's that's your awesome brand safety in order. And then the fourth reason was, he continued, um, there was a lot of issues or in the early days of YouTube and the music industry. And we want to invest a lot to be able to protect the rights holders. So, And I was like, you know what? That's a legit thing. I, I just don't get that they can't do what they just mentioned, you know, on, you know, whatever host you're using. But the, the, the other thing is they didn't mention, yeah. oh, they, yeah. they did say, so what happens is you go to their little tool and say, here's my RSS feed. They suck it in if you have dynamic ads. So this was the part that was fun. So if I, and now a dynamic ad means you go into whatever your media host is and you go here, put an ad here. And it goes and brings in a HelloFresh or a Progressive Insurance or BetterHelp or all the other, you know, stamps.com. That's an ad. But if I say, I want to thank my awesome supporters for, you know, being so awesome and, you know, use pod page and blah, blah, blah. That's a podcaster doing a promotion. You're allowed to do promotions, but ads, ads are a no-no. You know why, Jim? Why don't they like ads in your show? Because they want to sell ads. Exactly. I was like, that's the real reason, kids. This is all about, it, which makes sense. You know, I don't blame them. Yeah. That's how they make money. I mean... They're going to sell ads over the top of your ads. I mean, it's, it's, I, I think Dave, I'd create a separate feed for you. If, yeah. if you're serious about doing this, feeding it in YouTube. Right. And I don't know why you would be, but if you are just, just create a version for YouTube that's clean yeah. and, and, and throw it up there. I, I, I wouldn't try to go with my diet. If I was doing yeah. dynamic ad insertion and all those other things. I just create a version for YouTube or whatever to move it over there. Listen, I know what's going on in the what's going on in the boardroom <laughs> or what's going on in the in the, the design room. What's happening right now is you've got a bunch of engineers that are sitting around a conference table or they're on Zoom or they're on yeah. Google Meet, probably more more often more like it. And they're like, guys, we've already you know, so they have a bunch of executives who are like, Hey, we need to create a new podcasting platform and we need to be relevant and we need to do because this is what we need to do and we've done this and we failed. Do you guys know that already, TikTok is starting right? to eat our lunch and advertising? we got to do something man exactly right so we got to do something guys 
And so we need a new platform. And the old engineers are like, guys, we already have a platform. It's called YouTube. And all you need to do is tell those people to give us the files. All that stuff is already built. We can check it. We can, you know, we can scan it for stuff. We've got all the copyright stuff built in. We can do our own chapter markers. I mean, the, the, the YouTube platform that exists already does all these things. And I can just hear the engineers saying, we already do this. Stop trying to create something new, right? Now, to, the, to us, to the audience, it seems like, so a marketing team got together and came up with these benefits to spin it. They're trying to do Jedi mind tricks on the, on the public, like, this is the security that you're looking for. <laughs> this is, these, are, these are the chapter markers that you're looking for, right? They're just already taking benefits that existed on the YouTube platform and saying, hey, you can now get these. If you, if you let us ingest this, you'll get these benefits. It doesn't make sense to us. It doesn't. But I don't, I don't know if a lot of normal people, a lot of the regular people out there, regular podcasters, will even know the difference, just to be honest. They're just so excited about having their content on YouTube. Yeah. Got to get it there. So it, it, this is spin. This is so much spin. And I just, I, I, listen, I've been in these kind of meetings before where the engineers are like, come on, we already built this. We have so much legacy yeah. code here. Just reuse it. And the marketing folks are like, no, we need something new. The battle is going on at YouTube right, or at Google right yeah, now. Jeff is saying, I'm sure agencies are already working on a workaround for dynamic ads. Here's my thing. This is where I don't know enough about the tech. This is where I need a Brian Barletta from uh, Sounds Profitable. I don't know if there's some sort of weird, unheardable noise that lets something know there's an ad. Because if I do a an ad and it's me doing a promotion that's inserted dynamically, how is YouTube right. going to know that's not like, because there, there's a term for that. They call them faked in faked in ads because there's baked in ads that are there forever. But if I go, Hey, let me tell you about, you know, you know, so like, how oh, is yeah. YouTube going to know that when it went from me talking to, I don't know, me talking that the second me talking was dynamically inserted. I'm like, that's just, you know, then the fun thing was is, and this is where I'm like, man, you guys don't know your, what they're talking about. I have on a number of occasions have, have published episodes every, t I'll put it this way. Every time I don't listen to my episode before I upload it is the time I go, Oh crap, there's 10 seconds of nothing in the middle of this. So normally you go to your media host, you replace the file and then 24 hours, you know, everybody gets the, the new thing, except those people that downloaded it. Congratulations. You have a collector's item with YouTube. You, if you up, you, you know, you upload it to, you know, whatever captivate blueberry, you, you change it there. All the apps are going to get the new version that, you know, the new people that downloaded YouTube won't YouTube. You have to go in to that episode on YouTube and go, all right, replace via RSS. And it sucks in the new version, but much like YouTube, you can't replace media on YouTube. So it's going to take your old video that had the most views on it and clicks and all that other stuff. And now that's got to go bye-bye. You're either going to hide it or just delete it. What's the point of keeping it? It's got a mistake in it. And then it puts up the new thing. So all that traction you had on that video, assuming there's going to be traction on the video, uh, was, which is yet to be seen, is is there. And I was like, so you can't replace the the media. And if you change, they, there were some fields that would update, but not the title of your show. 
all the metadata in your, because nobody ever changes the name of their show. And I was like, again, you have no clue what you're talking about. Talk to someone in support. People change their show all the time. Cause you know, and, and in some cases it's a good change, but uh, I just, I just saw it and I was like, uh, you know, cause part of me used to be, I'll just put it anywhere because I am my own sponsor at the school of podcasting. What do I care? But there's just part of me. Uh, we we talked about this on the future of podcasting, the latest episode with with me and Daniel, and uh, it's just one of those where I don't know if I want to send people to Google because I have a sneaking suspicion in five years they're going to come out with the new Google podcast tool, and I'm just like mm, I don't know. So speaking of Daniel, he says uh, I think they're really talking about programmatic ads, not necessarily dynamically inserted. Yeah but dynamically inserted content will be baked in with your YouTube pick. So hope you like, uh, you know, mom's soup's kitchen or whatever ad you have, because that's going to be on there forever on YouTube. So. Well, well, the giveaway on all this is when they talk about not being yeah. able to replace the file, you know, when you're saying, Hey, if you, and I think that was in, in the context of the stuff you were, you were reading there. Um, you, you're still not going to be able to go in, say you make a mistake and you, you're like, oh, I need to take that out. So you take it out. You can't replace it. You've got to do a brand new, huh, That's that seems very, very similar it, to the yeah, way YouTube handles it. It really is. Today. They, it's, it's you're putting your yeah. show, they, they said YouTube music. You're putting your show on YouTube, and you are, you're, you're playing you are, by the same sure. rules of YouTube. There, there's nothing that they, they bent or changed. Yeah. It's the same thing. The engineers don't want to write new code to do like, hey, we already do this. If you drop that in, we can do all these things for you right now. And this stuff works. It's it's a mature yeah. product and it works pretty well. I mean, YouTube, for what it does, works pretty well. This putting a podcast layer on top of it seems Very. a little wonky. And you would, you would say to them, yeah, you would say to them, guys, just do your own thing, except they have done their yeah. own thing twice. <laughs> Neither one of them they committed to yeah. in any or three times. Yeah. Uh, three times the charm, right? All three, they they half half baked. I almost I almost said something else, but they half baked them. Didn't really promote them. Um, uh, threw them to the wolves. Disappeared after they launched them, and then came back a year later, and it's like, yeah, this didn't really work. Well, yeah, of course it didn't work. You, yeah, you put four people on it. <laughs> you know, you 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 gave it zero marketing. You didn't. I mean, they they are their own. They are yeah. absolutely. My, their my own favorite slide was this one: how RSS is different on YouTube versus other platforms. And I really thought the yeah. first bullet point was just going to say, yeah, we don't use that. And it, it went into all sorts of stuff about how you have to replace things, but uh, that's the whole thing. They don't have an RSS feed. It's just, it's, they keep calling it a podcast and I don't want to go down that hill, but technically it's not a podcast. It's, oh. it's a, you know, a YouTube thing. And uh, Jason and I were talking about this earlier in the week and he said, per my question, you know, they don't provide an RSS feed. If you want to redirect your feed to YouTube. Nope. It's, it's, it's manual ingestion. I'm sure they're going to come up when they finally roll out the carpet. If you want to somehow redirect Google podcast to YouTube, I see, I don't, again, you, how do you redirect to an RSS feed that doesn't exist? That's going to be so, right, right. so Daniel and I were talking about that. Like you're going to have to have people manually, probably unless they come up with something, um, you know, Hey, go pick an app to listen to my show 
YouTube or Google wants you to go to YouTube music. And we were talking, there's, you know, podcast addict, there's good pods, there's fountain, there's all these other tools. I'm like, cause I'm not really like, I'm kind of tired of sending people to you to Google products that go away. Um, and then speaking of yeah. mistakes, yeah. Dan says again, from based on a true story podcast.com. Um, I had episodes where new facts came to light about a moment in history. So I've gone back to the old episodes to update the episodes and the finds. So, um, but yeah, so there are times when you need to, to go back and, uh, and change things. So it's no, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Why would anybody go to YouTube? Why would anybody use right now? YouTube as a host. Like I don't, I get that we're talking about this, but seriously, would we, I mean, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm bullish on all these things, but to use YouTube as a host with an RSS feed, why, why would you do that today? Maybe in the future, but not today. They're not ready for this. Like, that's crazy. That's like buying a car from a car manufacturer that you know, on their first release or like using windows version one. Why, why would you do something like that? Let it bake for some time. I think they need to figure some of these things out. And then once they get through, there's so many great other hosting options for podcasts. And when we think about ads and dynamic ad insertion and some of those kinds of things, there's so many platforms doing it right right now. Why would, why would you even be tempted to say, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to put, I'm going to host it on YouTube. Like, no, don't do that. Don't, don't do it now. Anyways, they need some time to, work some things out. Maybe in the future, this works better, but not today. So I don't know. DR is asking, that. so would I be able to take down the episode that was previously posted? Yeah. In fact, you have to like, if you, yeah. Yeah. You can delete it. Yeah. Make it private. Yeah. So or it's, it's unlisted. just like those you are, do. Your um, I think really Chris from castahead.net summed up exactly what I, how, this is how I'm going to use YouTube. Um, and that's kind of what my article is about. He said, most podcasters that are worried if they're missing out, FOMO. There's tons of FOMO here, right? And and part of that is I, I've heard many experts on many stages say, look, you got to get into video. You got to get, if you take it to the next level, you got to get into video. Uh, and they just need to use YouTube to send people to your show creatively with YouTube proper content. And I was like, yes, my man, that, uh, that is where, where's my David Lee scream? Come on. Yes. Woo! Exactly. Woo! We need to spend with YouTube proper content, shorts and highlights. And that's how I'm going to do it. I'm basically, uh, you know, any kind of shorts, you know, and, and this where, again, people are overthinking this. Look, Chris makes phenomenal looking video. He does. But if, if you like, if you're on a budget, there's this, you know, thousand dollar camera in your hand that you can just go, Hey, on today's show, Wait till you hear what so-and-so said about such and such. Check it out at mywebsite.com. Stop. You know, I'm not saying don't do video. I'm just saying we're, we're square peg into a round hole because YouTube is, I mean, look, this show is going to YouTube, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it won't get many views. Yeah. It will get some. Like if I stopped producing Home Gadget Geeks, I get, listen, I get maybe 50 views, maybe more on YouTube for home gadget geeks. If I stopped putting them there, I would get yeah. notes from a few listeners who say, what are you doing? Like, why did you stop doing that? I was, that's where I was watching them. And so I think do it, just have the right expectation. Who, who would have thought critical role, I, you know, watching people play <laughs> dungeons and dragons on video, somebody else playing it. You're not even playing it. 
Who would have thought that would have been a multi-million dollar thing on YouTube? You didn't know until you tried and they tried it. Now, listen, many other people have tried to recreate Critical Role success by playing D&D on YouTube. Some of them have had success. Right. Others haven't. And you would say, well, why did... Why did it? Why did Critical Role work? Well, maybe it could be because they were all pretty well known in some in some spots, voice actors. So they were already in the business, right? They had a jump on some things. Now, a lot of people don't know voice actors; they don't know their names because they don't show up, they don't see the face. But they, there was some ability there. They had some audience kind of going into that thing. So don't let anybody tell you you should or shouldn't do what you're doing and put it on YouTube because if you want to, you can just put it there. Expect to have the right expectations. You may have zero to a million downloads on the thing. I want to clarify. I'm not anti-video. I I think I think YouTube right. is such a right. huge tool. Right. If right. you're not like every week, I'm like, oh, you know what? I haven't put out a YouTube video for a while. I was doing that weekly, and I'm like, I need to work that back into it. And again, I'm overthinking it. I got to do this. I got to do the thing. And I'm like, no, I, I could literally just fire up my camera. Put a couple, you know, because I got to have the lower third and the music. I'm like, I, I could just talk into a camera. It would be better than nothing. And so, yeah, if you've if you got the time and the budget, and, and again, budget meaning you, you got a phone right here that you can easily make videos with, uh, you know, don't ignore YouTube. I'm just not sure. In, in the same way that there's a certain kind of uh, some things that work on TikTok won't work on you know what? And I've come to the conclusion we're all just calling it Twitter because I keep hearing people go Twitter now X, I call it Twitter. So I, I think we're all, I'm just officially saying it's okay to call it Twitter because I'm calling it Twitter. I'm, I, I, I do not identify that website as X. I call it Twitter. What's weird is if you go to X.com, it goes to Twitter.com. So I'm like, okay, enough of that. But different content on different platforms, you know, won't work. And so, uh, that's my whole point is maybe we're, we're sending the wrong content where, and this is what I noticed. I start, I, I don't know about you, but when I, when I go down to YouTube and I hate the fact that YouTube makes me scroll past shorts. In fact, I don't like the front page of YouTube anymore. I'm like, where are my subscriptions at? And, um, it's, it's like when I go down to shorts, I will get sucked into that, like nobody's business. And after about eight videos, I wish I could remember the guy's name. There was one guy I finally subscribed to his channel. Now, I didn't go to his podcast, but I did subscribe to his YouTube channel. So this is where, again, I say, when you when you take your podcast to the next level, you're not, you're, you're starting a YouTube channel. It's really not going to trickle down to your audio. And that's a good thing. There are a lot of people on YouTube, and some people love YouTube. And I watch YouTube on my lunch now because it's on my TV. You know, use the right thing for the, the, right, the right content for the right place. Dan, again, from based on a true story podcast.com is, isn't one of your main requirements for a podcast host having a 301 redirect. Yes, it is. Cause how are you going to leave? So until YouTube has that, which is never, yeah, they can't be a viable podcast. Host. You know, there, it is definitely, it'll be interesting to watch because, uh, everybody's like, yes, Dave is playing old curmudgeon today. I need a, I need a, uh, jingle for that or something. He's old. He's cranky. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Um, something, but, uh, it, like I looked at my podcasters, my Spotify for podcaster stats for this show. I uploaded video for about six weeks and I'm here to tell you the most views I got doing zero promotion. Cause you know, 
Hey, there's video on Spotify. Everybody's watching video on Spotify. Uh, no, they're not. Now, granted, my show is a podcast about podcasting that it is zero promotion, but I got two, two plays on one of the videos and like one on the other. And so here again, that fear of missing out. Oh, I got to get on Spotify. I got to get on video. I'm like, eh. And uh, Jeff had said this, Jeff Townsend said, I think it depends on what your content is. You know, so if I'm a, I have noticed, I have to watch how I say this. It is a coincidence. It's a coincidence that anytime there is a young girl playing guitar on YouTube, it just so happens that she has a low cut, low cut shirt and, and her, her, her breasts are, are being pushed up from the bottom of the, the guitar. And it seems like that video gets a lot of views. I'm not saying she's not a great guitar player. I've noticed a coincidence. Um, so there are those things that, you know, may boost video plays than, than other. Nobody wants to see an old middle-aged guy with a low cut shirt. Uh, that's not going to work for me. So no, but there are, listen, I know some YouTubers of some old guys who, who cut firewood and they have half a million subscribers. Like I, you know, I, I listen, I agree with you. That's, Sex still sells. Always will. Always yeah. did. Always will. Always will. That always work. I mean, I, in that same vein, I've seen. You know, if if we go across the genre of wood cutting and stacking people, there are some who bring. The, the, they have a very attractive co-host who is on there cutting wood, and the video is for always from behind. And the you know, there's lots of stooping and bending over, and you're like, yeah, that, yeah. maybe that is part of the success model. Not in all cases, right? And not in all cases and not with all people. So it, it you know, it, it is, you, you do what you do, continue to do it, do it in a way that makes sense for you and, and let the audience figure out what, what they want to watch, right? If you get successful with it, you know, you've hit something. If you don't, you know, either pivot or That's be okay it. with it. Hey, if, if you have a question for Jim, yeah. he's leaving in 15 minutes. Um, I'm going to... I think I'll stay on. I got a couple stay topics. On? I might You're do a couple power going? rants. Okay. Why? <laughs> oh boy. Maybe it's a good thing. I'm uh, not here, but I do want to thank our <laughs> awesome supporters. You can become an awesome supporter. And, uh, by going to ask the slash awesome. Um, this show is brought to you by your good friends, meaning me over at the school of podcasting.com where you can get courses. You can get coaching and community at a guy sign up Thursday night and, 45 minutes later, we're on Zoom. That's how cool the school of podcasting. When I talk about unlimited one-on-one coaching, he stopped by the uh, live chat. And he's like, hey, Dave. And I'm like, hey, I just see you signed up. And he's like, yeah, I had a question. I'm like, you want to jump on Zoom? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, this is cool. Um, so uh, keep that in mind. The supporter of the week is the lovely ladies over at flamealivepod.com, uh, especially with the Olympics coming up. Uh, is it next year? Yeah, I think, right? I always forget. But anyway, if you're into the Olympics, check them out, flamealivepod.com. And uh, this show runs on PodPage, which got a facelift. I have done 36 videos in the last two days for my learnpodpage.com free website there. A lot of really cool stuff in there, especially around guests, where in the future, you can set it up so that when your episode, let's say I say, hey, Jim's coming on my show. He's going to be episode number 67. When 67 posts, PodPage will email the guest, hey, your episode is live. That is coming. Like, that's pretty cool. So check it out. If you want to check out PodPage, check it out. Trypodpage.com. That is my affiliate link. 
Uh, and if you know, you're like, Hey, Jim's got to leave early. I need more Jim. Well, then just go over to the average guy.tv and check out home gadget geeks. And, uh, again, the, um, spotlight supporter. What is here's a, here's a slide that Dave doesn't know how this got in here with all my artwork. What is spotlight support? I have no idea what that is, but there you go. Um, and we're on our journey. Yeah, this is an old slide. We're on the journey to anything above 33. Uh, if you would like to be an awesome supporter, go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and support the show. It's deeply appreciated because um, I've been up since about nine o'clock working on this thing, trying to find stuff to, to talk about in that whole nine yards. So the, the answer to your Olympics question is Paris yeah, 2024 next summer. In, unless, there you, go. you know, there's a giant war in Europe. That seems to be like everybody's new hobby. Let's, let's just, I don't want to talk politics, but it's just like me. Yeah. yeah. Let's, um, let's not do that. All right. So I think, they'll, I think they'll be fine. It's listen, I've been following uh, the championship track and field championships, which you almost like for most people, they only follow track and field once every four years on the Olympics. And the, you know, but they do, that is a sport that's played every single, every single year. And it's gotten super interesting talking about some good podcasting content. There's a lot of drama in that area of sports. There'd be a lot of good stuff there, but so I've been kind of, I watched this year to get ready for the 2024 Olympics. So if I'm still around next summer in 2024, you'll probably hear some Olympic stuff from me. Cause I get pretty pumped when that, when, uh, when there the summer go. Olympics come. Well, up. here's, I, I want to bring this one on while you're still here. I've said this before in the past that there are times when we overthink things. And, uh, this is one of those, in my opinion. Um, he says, Hey, I'm thinking about delaying launch day. Have any of you delayed your launch day after already announcing you're releasing your first episode or episodes during a certain week. I've recently learned that publishing a few episodes for your launch can be more effective at garnering interest for future subscribers and show you're serious about releasing content. I made a post on my social media account saying that I'd be releasing an episode next week. Luckily I posted that on a Sunday. So the term next week was amb ambiguous enough to give me more time. But now see, he found the loophole, but I'm now considering releasing it in two, maybe three weeks instead. So I can have more content to add. Is this a terrible idea? I figure I can release preview clips of the first episode while making my second, but my podcast is primarily based around interviews and my next one is scheduled for Thursday and the next one, two weeks later. I plan on making a solo episode this weekend and promoting that along with the episode I've already mentioned in case I do plan on releasing next week. But three sounds like a lot more solid number. I don't want to do two solo episodes in a row because that, you know, don't cross the streams, Ray. Um, I could <laughs> I could try to squeeze another interview in, but I was planning on having my publish date be every other Tuesday and I want to be consistent. So I, I like his, you know, consistency and schedule is good. Am I overthinking this? The quick answer is yes. Yes, you are. I really want to start with a bang, as I'm sure we all do or did. I've already garnered a lot of my excitement for my show among the members of my community after launching my episode zero a couple weeks ago. So it would be certainly get at least a bit of attention, but I want to make the best impression that I can. What say you, Jim Cullison? Yeah, definitely overthinking it, especially early on. Like you just, just go if you need to skip that week or whatever. It's gonna be fine. Just, just, and if you said it, come back on social and say, "Hey, I had a, I had a slight technical delay. It'll be out on this day instead." You know, you're not, 
you're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> and even he wouldn't care that much in, in what he does. Now he's, he's way ahead. He thinks way ahead and has stuff ready to go. You know, all those big podcasts are five, six, seven, eight episodes ahead. They've got stuff in the can. They're ready to go for those kinds of things. And Dave, maybe that's advice in this kind of situation. If you're going to worry about that stuff and you and I say this all the time, do a whole bunch of them first and don't get a, get, don't do a podcast stuff and get better at it. Then, then you've got at that point, you might have a couple in the can that you could, they, they, they weren't very good, but maybe you can make them better with editing and, and, and have it fill in for you when, when, but don't get so, so many people get so worried about that. And you're like, you're going to, there's so much more yeah. than a launch, right? So, and it's important. The launch is important. You don't want to mess that up, but there's, there's so much more like the third and the fifth and the seventh and the ninth. I don't know why I'm doing odd numbers, but um, those, those are harder to do. And to, I think it's much harder to get to 10 than it is to launch, by the way. I just think it's, it's my, a lot my, of work. To my, get to 10. my bumper sticker so, is yeah, yeah. if big launch automatically equaled podcast success, it's kind of like saying big wedding is equal and will lead to undoubtedly marriage, um, you know, happiness. And I'm like, in both cases, the work is just beginning. Like once you launch it, you're like, Oh, yeah. no, yeah. now I got to get people to listen to it. Um, and so, yeah, Dan is saying here, um, if you're that concerned with launch announcements, then don't make the announcement until you have episodes done and ready to schedule. I tell people don't announce it. Like you can say, Hey, I'm working on a podcast. I would love your feedback on this. Um, you know, and, and get feedback like that. But you don't see back in the day, uh, pretend it's 1986. Uh, bands didn't do a CD launch party until there was a CD in their hand to buy. And so once you're in Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and all the other places, and you got the follow buttons on your website, then announce it, send them to a website where they can subscribe and listen and all that whole nine yards. But yeah, uh, Jeff is saying, how are we doing on time? Good, seven minutes. Uh, so episode zero, the launch. Here's my thing. In fact, we could do one of these. Why not? And now it's time for a power rant. I see so many people do episode zeros and they're like, hi, welcome to the Dave Jackson Power Hour where I'm going to give you insane amounts of detail about my life because I'm a stranger to you and you have to know the fact that my first dog's name was Partial and he was shot and lived. And I was a paper boy when I was 13. And on this show, we're going to do something really cool that you want to hear, but not now. And then we're going to follow it up with something really good that you can't wait to hear, but not now. I'm going to waste your time some more. And oh, by the way, there's the third thing we're going to be doing is something you can't get any place, but we're not doing it now. I'm letting you listen to the table of contents, hoping that you will share this awesome table of contents with your friends. And I'm like, look, I've read a lot of books. I have never highlighted the table of contents. And like, Jim, if I just started talking to you right now about my, my cousin, Paul, right? My cousin, Paul was, I don't know, probably 5'10". He had black hair, uh, served in Vietnam. Like you, you don't care because like, what, what is cousin Paul going to do for you? And it makes us sound like really like uh, selfish people because um, most of us are kind of selfish. We want like, what's in it for me? And to me, I think the episode zero, where you have to tell your story, here's my story, 
And granted, some people have really cool stories. They just, because it's episode zero, they haven't figured out how to tell it yet in an entertaining way. If you want to hear a good story, check out, put a link in the show notes. David Hooper has an episode right now behind the scenes of his interview with Dolly Parton. It is a workshop in how to tell a story. There are stakes um, like, you know, technology might go wrong. There is vulnerability. He he explains he's a little nervous. He's been chasing her for 18 years to get an interview. So the whole thing is like, I wonder what's going to happen next. That man knows how to tell a story. When you do episode zero, I'm just not a fan of like, you know, I, even why not work your story into episode one where you start off with this bam killer uh, content and like, yeah, I used to do this back when I was head of the blah, blah, blah at the blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Am I, am I off base, Jim? Uh, you're yeah. being a little severe. I mean, there, there are times when I think putting out a, a zero episode is appropriate you know, we needed uh, to get all the links. I wanted to get all the links established, everything working in the channels, all those other kinds of things. We put a 90 second kind of promo out there uh, for the most recent podcast. We, we released a gallop and that just got things rolling. Right. And so, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's bad if, listen, if you're going to have a lifestyle podcast and you want to introduce who you are to some people and if people will listen and it's interesting, Throw it out there, get your channel started. I mean, again, we say, Dave, sometimes you can do whatever you want in podcasting. And then we say, as long oh, as it's dude, what we tell you to do. <laughs> you just we could go off on that tangent. We all want diversity. We want to embrace diversity, people like that. As long as you think like me. Yeah. That's uh Well, we listen, we all do that, right? That's a common, I mean, across the board, we we, we all think right. everyone should think like us. And, and right. so it's just cause we're comfortable with us. We're comfortable yeah. with the things we think about. So anyways, I, I think, I think, um, it, it, and this will be my, this will be the last thing I say before I go today and I'll be back next week. Um, hopefully the, um, if you need to, if you want to do a zero, yeah. do one or, or, or why is it to have to be zero? Why can't it just be your first podcast? Like why can't it be episode one? Yeah. You do whatever you want. If you want it to be zero, if you want it to be a, trailer right because that's really in the space that's really what it should yep. be if it's going to be a promo it should probably be a trailer right flag it that way uh, so that so that people know and then and then do it that way if you want to do the trailer for a month you can do it that way too you do it the way you want to do it it's the guy who wrote in or, or is the it's the person who wrote in yeah. thinking because i don't know if they're in woman are they thinking uh are they overthinking yeah, yeah maybe a little bit <laughs> that's a long that's a long you know, that's all I want. And then next week comes up. It's like, I, I get the feeling this person feels like, oh, wait, Jim is putting out a new podcast next week. I'm going to mark my calendar. Like, no, no, that nobody's marking yeah, the calendar. Right, no. I appreciate I mean, that you care, but like probably. that kind of stuff. And, and this is why I bring this up. That kind of like obsession, like you don't need to do that. Let's go back to who's my audience. What do they want? Let's work on the content. Not are they, you know, uh, do they hate me because I said I would launch at 1130 and I launched at 1134, you know, kind of stuff. So um, Jim, what's coming up on the average guy.tv before you run away. We, yeah. So we, it was all of a sudden I was wondering, what did I talk about on the average guy.tv? Uh, Gavin Campbell joins me and we talk about home automation. Uh, he's kind of our home automation expert. So 
to ca- catch up with him and all kinds of things, uh, home automation. So if you want to check it out, it's posted right now, homegadgetgeeks.com. And I get to go now do a, a podcast for Gallup in Arabic, which is super cool. Now, I, was, I don't speak it. I'm just producing it by, yeah. behind the scenes. Not that talented. <laughs> I'm not even half. I'm not even a tenth or a hundredth that talented. But uh, no, we, we do it in seven different languages. And uh, they like to do them on Saturdays once a month. And this is the Saturday and Daylight Savings Times changed it. So it was during this show. Try and get the change for next time. So. We'll see you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, uh, behave yourself, Dave Jackson. Chat yeah. room. Keep keep Dave. Yeah. Keep Dave honest a- on this. Don't, don't where, over here. Ask the podcastcoach.com slash question if you want to jump in. But uh, thanks, Jim. We will see you. Uh, yeah. See you next yeah. week. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll see you uh, next week. Dan is All saying right, that Spotify has a special place for a trailer. Don't they? They do. There are a couple apps that do that where you can mark it as a trailer. I was playing with Podfans this week. Podfans.fm. Now it's it's in beta right out of alpha. But here's the cool thing. I found two bugs and within two days they were squished. So that was kind of cool. And what you can do in there in Podfans is go in and pick your episode and go here, feature this. And then Podfans is very much into the the podcasting 2.0. This is the whole streaming Bitcoin thing. And you can actually pay people to listen to your your preview. So if you're a trailer, like, man, if people would just listen to my trailer, I know they would click you know, subscribe or follow or whatever it is. And I was like, that's kind of, it's actually, if you wanted to, instead of buying Facebook ads, you could have people paid. You could say, I will pay you X amount of Satoshis, which again is a really, 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 really tiny amount of Bitcoin to listen to my show. So it's, um, it's not an app. It's a website, podfans.fm. And then you can actually, it's a, what they call a web app. So it looks and smells just like an app on your show. And, or on your show, on your phone, and it, it, but it's not. It's actually just a little super responsive. So this is what it looks like, pod fans, and then it has, uh, I love the fact there's, uh, you know, it, it looks just like an app. It's just a, a website. Um, it's it's just, uh, it's brand new, so I'm sure I will find some stuff. And I know Sam Sethi, you might know him from uh, Pod News Weekly, is uh, he's calling it the Dave Jackson feature because I love, I absolutely love playlists. And right now they have one playlist and he's going to uh, make uh, the ones I want where you can do that. So so um, let me go back here. We'll do this together. Um, this is what it looks like behind the scenes of Ask the Podcast Coach. So I've gone in here and you can see where. This is uh, Podcast Studio Pro. And for those of you listening, I'm going to explain in detail what's going on. I have a bunch of little boxes. Some of them are green and some of them are red. And so uh, with the red ones we've already covered. So this is um, something I wanted to talk about. And in here again, I sound like an old curmudgeon. You can make whatever podcast you want. You really can. So if you, you know, you want to burp into a phone and do it. It's all, it's, there's no rules, right? I listened to a podcast this week and I'm here to tell you that it had the, the, not that you have to be sports guy. Why do sports guys talk like this? Hey, all right, everybody. Pow. Right. I don't know why they do that, but they, when they talk sports, you got to talk like this for some reason, at least in Cleveland, you don't have to do that. But literally it was like two, two people. And again, do whatever show you want. Uh, And it was like, so did you, did you see the thing about the, the thing? Yeah, I, I don't know if that was it. Uh, it. You know, maybe, I don't know. 
blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it was just, it was this kind of energy and it was a lot of, uh, empty spaces. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that's at. Did you No, that's not, it was literally like a phone call. And I, I get that podcasting should be conversational, but I've heard, and I've said in the past, a podcast is a time shifted conversation. I'm now putting an asterisk with the boring parts removed because not every conversation, like I could have a conversation with my best friend and we'd talk about guitars and musics and things like that. But I'd have to cut out half of it because you don't know about the Weeda pit. The Weeda pit is a a off ramp next to a freeway that my friends and I would drink Weedemann beer back in the day. Actually, I was the designated driver, but none, nonetheless, uh, you guys don't get that. So you got to cut that out. And so when I see uh, this post, I was like, ah, so let me get back to this. Uh, let's make a podcast together. So for a bit of context, I have attempted so many times at this point to make a podcast work going through different formats and genres. Eventually, I realized that most popular podcasts simply talk about life, people's experiences, and stories they have to tell. Again, stories are awesome, but if I don't know you and you're talking about, you know, Ruffles, your your little doggy, you know, unless you're going to do a lot of theater of the mind, I don't know Ruffles. Uh, that's why I'm launching a new podcast called Midnight Gallery, which to me, I would think would be about art. Right. So you want a name that's going to be obvious, you know, uh, for me, at least don't worry. We're not recording episodes at midnight. However, the show will be released weekly at midnight to which I want to point out. You, you do realize podcasting is time shifted. So I'm not turning on your podcast at midnight to listen to it. I could listen to it at four o'clock in the afternoon. The show is for insomniacs of people who can't sleep and want to feel like they have someone to talk to. I never would have guessed that from midnight gallery. Um, so I would, I would work up a new name for me. Um, or discussions will be of our day, our life, and just anything that comes to mind. Now, here's the thing where I was kind of critical before about, Hey, like nobody cares about, you know, your dog tippy. If the goal was to put me to sleep, talking about things I don't care about or know might actually do the trick. He says, but in a calm, soothing tone, as opposed to the upbeat, energetic tones of other podcasts. So he's going to talk about tippy, the dog. And Tippy went number two on the carpet when I was six, and my dad was really mad. I, okay, that that will work. How is your show going to be different than the other fifteen to thirty thousand uh, sleep shows? Um, but again, if you want to do it, do it. Apart from us, we can have guests over to tell us their stories, uh, things that have learned among other such topics. So join me, and then he talks about here's what I'm looking for, and his time zone. He's in PDT and things like that, but. My my so here I kind of applaud him in a bit because he is making a show that's meant to be boring. Like that is his goal. He wants to be boring. And normally in this camp, tell him, Glenn. Um, don't be boring. Right. That's not what we're trying to do. And so he might be onto something here, but my problem, not a problem, my insight that I see this is People do a show like that, right? Talking about things that nobody knows, they don't identify with, and and then they go, why isn't my show growing? Well, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's not going to work that well that way. Uh, Rich has a point here. Sleep With Me comes to mind. Yep, 
The original one. Yep. The one that was totally different and then everybody copied. Um, fun show and knocks you right out. Yep. Uh, man, I can see his face. I know he's in Florida. I want to call him Scooter because that's what he calls himself. But that's oddly enough. Scooter is not his real name. Not on the birth certificate. You know, Scooter. Um, I, Randy Black says, based on that uh, post, I don't think the attention was to be boring. Yeah, I just, to me, again, uh, I, I know I hold up this book a lot. It's called Story Worthy. It's on the floor, probably. Um, I've done a band room, and I've thrown it over my shoulder, and I can't find it now. Uh, uh, story Worthy by Matthew Dix. It, it is the architect of this what makes a good story. So things like stakes, I wonder what's going to happen next, um, vulnerability, and all that other fun stuff. That makes a good story. And so many times I just hear stories that you're like, is that it? Is that the end? And so it's um, work on your stories a little bit. And, and going back to that person that was launching, the first time you record something is usually not the best version of it. You know, a really good idea is when somebody goes, hey, you know what would be good is if we put peanut butter in like a little circular thing. And then somebody else went, ooh, that would be good. But what if we put chocolate with it? And somebody went, oh, and then we could make the edges with this little frilly paper on it. Ooh, that would be a cool way to present it that way. Because remember, it comes down to two things, content and presentation. This is from the new book, Listenable which I highly recommend by uh, Bert Weiss. Um, it's, it's not a super long book, um, you know, but he talks about that. It's either content or your format or your deliverability, your, your presentation, because you can have great content. And if you deliver it like this, like it's, I don't know, two guys on a telephone uh, call, you know, um, that, that uh, presentation skill uh, um, I should have looked this up. I don't know. It's not going to work. So, you know, uh, see now I've, I know I'm sorry. This show is brought to you by Reese's. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking peanut butter cups cause it is Halloween. And if it's not a Mr. Good bar or a Reese, maybe a Kit Kat, um, you know, Butterfinger, Butterfinger's just going to get all over your sweater. That's not going to work. Um, but yeah, so content and deliverability, are handy. Uh, again, if you want to jump into the show, don't have to. I'll be happy to answer these. This is always a fun question. And that is, he said, coming back, how much money are popular podcasts making? I'm not asking because I want to get into it. I'm just cur curious how much, uh, how much, how much large to medium podcasts make, which that whole line right there go. So you're just curious. You're taking a poll. Like why? Okay. I don't want to get into it. I, I just want to get into your business for no apparent reason. Okay. Uh, so he continues. It's hard to find any download or listen numbers online. Yeah. I wish that wasn't the case. I would love to be able to publish. Like I get somewhere between 2000. This show gets about 800 downloads. I think somewhere between four and eight. Um, and the school of podcasting gets somewhere between uh, 1800 to on a really good week, 3000 but it's more like 2,200, something like that. Um, and I, again, I don't base my my uh, success on downloads. I base it on how many people joined the School of Podcasting, and I had three people this week. I'm ecstatic um, to find any download listener numbers online, but wondering, some people seem 
to live off their podcast. Yes, they're married to people who are very successful. Um, no, but uh, some people seem to live off podcasts full time. I think is what he meant, not full uh, uh, full time. While others talk about other jobs they have. I have another job. I work for Libsyn. The School of Podcasting is a super serious side hustle. Uh, I know it's a broad question, but would love to hear from your personal experience. And so I just found that question odd that he was curious. And so the answer is there is no, there is no data on that in the same way that um, I guess there are things where you can see how much does the truck driver make and things like that. You can, um, if you want to do the math, sometimes you can find out how many downloads people get, especially if they're really popular. Cause, cause when you have something to brag about, people will brag. Then you can go, wait, they have ads and the typical ad is around $25 per thousand downloads. So then you can do the math and go that route. Uh, but what I have found in the, um, in, in my, here we go. Let's do a blatant plug. In my research for the book, Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Your Listeners into Livelihood, where I interviewed over 70 podcasters, most of them didn't have one income stream. It was multiple. And those income streams are selling your own stuff. That is the most profitable thing you can do, your own products or services. Then they're selling other people's stuff. Some people are absolutely killing it with affiliate marketing. Then there's crowdfunding. There are people making, I don't know, Five figures a month, five figures a month on Patreon and crowdfunding. And for the record, if I was doing Patreon today, I wouldn't do Patreon. I would do Supercast. Um, Glow is okay. That's a Lipson product. I like Supercast. Um, so there's that. Then there's ads. And the thing that, that nobody's doing the math on, Rob Walsh on the feed will say, yeah, uh, uh, X amount of downloads. That's the number you need. And to, to get ads and we're talking better help and progressive and all that stuff. Um, and it's usually less than 10%. I'm like, that means that 91% don't get enough downloads to get the big sponsors. Now I've had sponsors and I'm nowhere near 10,000 downloads an episode, but you can do ads. I'm just, to me, we all seem to want to go, Hey, uh, you know, start a podcast, get ads. And I'm like, that's usually not the way it works. Then you get into donations. Um, you get into free stuff. So this book was free and it came with, check this out. It came with wireless headphones that are branded. How cool is that? And what's weird though. So here's, here's a fun marketing lesson. So this came in a box and it came with this and it came with a letter that's somewhere on my desk. My desk is very messy. Here it is. Here's the letter saying, Hey Dave, we run in the same circles. Hope you like the book, blah, blah, blah. It, it was a bit of a form letter maybe. But nonetheless, at least it had my name. It didn't say, dear sir. And at the bottom, it's got an email where I can contact him where, where I did about a week and a half ago and I've not heard back. Now, Bert may be busy, but I just thought it was odd that the goal was to have me contact him. And when I did, somebody on his team has not read their email or something like that. So like, great, like way to stand out, you know, but the worst thing you can do back from my days as a customer service person was everybody was always like, Hey, let's, let's do a customer survey. Yay. Cause it's, we want to, let's look like we're working. Let's do a customer survey. And I would say, what are we going to do with the results? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what are we going to do with the results? What if they say this really stinks? Like with it, I wish it would change. And they'd be like, well, we just want to do a survey. And I'm like, well, yeah, but the worst thing you can do is ask people for their opinion. And if it fits with the goal of whatever you're trying to do, 
and you go, Oh, thanks for your feedback. And then don't do anything with it. Um, that's, that's not great customer service just for the record. So, um, yeah, uh, Jeff wants to know, um, how do I make a minimum of $3 million a year from podcasting? Now I'm assuming you want to make that million dollars, 3 million, excuse me, in what, probably six weeks, maybe, maybe eight weeks, two months, something like that. Um, quit your day job, things like that. Uh, it's super, just start. I, I will sell you my course. It's, uh, it's $35,000, three easy payments. And I will have, I will show you how to make millions of dollars on the internet. Yeah. I, uh, Gary has a question ish. He says, I see a lot of podcasters also doing Substack newsletters like this guy. Uh, I've made again, peeling back there. I think I made 180 bucks on Substack. And I, I seriously, here's the fun thing about this. I I'm going through figuring out what Substack is. And it's like, what do you want to charge per year? And I'm like, I don't know, 80 bucks. All right, whatever. I'll click this button, save, 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 blah, blah, blah. Totally forgot about it. Put out a newsletter and somebody signed up. So now I've got to make premium content. Um, and that's happened a few times. So I, I really need to start making premium content because that's one of the things that you get. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, the other. Here's the thing about newsletters, which is really cool. A lot of people we talked earlier about, uh, I think we talked about ratings and reviews. Um, how they don't help you get found. So please quit saying that. But, and I, I, as much as I love a call to action of please follow the show, please um, tell a friend, great calls to action. The whole ratings and reviews thing, people go, well, that does. And it's absolutely true. There are sponsors that will look to see how many reviews you have in Apple. Absolutely true. Talk to Heather over at, um, Heather Osgood at True Native Media. Absolutely. Advertisers are looking at how many reviews you have because they want an engaged audience. Absolutely true. But if I'm a sponsor, what's going to make me more giddy? Uh, lots of ratings and reviews or a really nice fat email list where I can email people and now you're one click away from my product. So I am starting to promote my newsletter more. I actually have two. I have uh, podcasting observations, which I will put out today, which is, and, and this is the dumbest newsletter ever. And yet people go, I love your newsletter. So I will probably talk a little bit about YouTube uh, briefly and then anything that's going on behind the scenes. Oh, pod page updated their thing. Here's the thing. So it's a little bit of behind the scenes what's going on. I bought a new Sony VC10 camera and I don't have the time to play with it. Uh, and then it's like, oh, and by the way, here are the episodes I put out since we last talked. Link, 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 link at the bottom. Hey, I, I have this uh, club where we're all trying to lose weight together. It's free. Honest, it's free. Uh, click here. And then it's, oh, by the way, do you need help with your podcast? I can help with that. That's my newsletter. It's so, it's literally a paragraph and a half and then five or six links to my stuff. And people click those links. And also, if you click that link, you can get a discount on the School of Podcasting. So newsletters don't have to be great. But here's the thing. If I, if my call to action is join my newsletter, you're like, yeah, but I want to, I want to tell them to follow me on Apple and Spotify and I want them to buy my book and I want them to do the, you can do all that in the newsletter. Whereas if I try to do multiple calls to action, I'm like, Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, uh, be sure to join us over at such and such.com, uh, and follow me on Instagram. I'm this and this, follow me on that. I'm that and that and do this, forget it. You, you, you lost them after the second call to action. And so 
by maybe having one call to action be join my newsletter and then have a really good reason to join the newsletter because most people didn't like, I didn't wake up today and go, man, I hope I can find a newsletter to sign up for today. And that's not the way I started my day. But if you say, hey, if you sign up for the newsletter, I'll give you my 15-point checklist on how to, you know, blah, 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 blah. So people will uh, do that. Chris says, uh, good, someone's coming into podcasting to make money. Yes, glad they got their priorities right. Bandrew, Mr. Scott, Mr. Scott, great Scott. Uh, we learned that some of these those comedians were getting a few hundred thousand per year for their shows. We learned that because they didn't get paid. That is true. That's a really good point. Yeah. And that's, well, that's still going on. Um, and and my favorite line from this book, uh, Big Noise, A Creator's Guide to Podcasting and Great Audio Storytelling. I need to quit doing this because now I got to put these in the links. Um, but uh, Eric Newsom, uh, networks don't make a small podcast big. They make a big podcast bigger. And so everybody's like, if I could just get on a network. Um, so uh, if you, DR is saying, hey, can I get links to both those newsletters? I think you're on them. I, I've seen your, your but uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter will get you those. And, you'll, and, and that is kind of weird for the record that you go there because I don't want to do um, paralysis by analysis. But when you go there and you're like, oh, wait, I don't know which newsletter to join. I'm like, that's probably not a great idea now that I think about it. Um, Craig from Live Well and Flourish said, mad respect to those who make good money with their podcast, but I'm really happy accepting the money that isn't my... Yes, Craig, you got to check out livewellandflourish.com. Craig has great... It, remember, if you can make me think, I'm your friend for life. And Craig's show makes me think... And there's no like, oh, sign up and I'll be your life coach or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah. And Craig says, I really am glad that I've heard that newsletters don't have to be great. I've been putting off starting one for a couple of weeks, trying to make it perfect. Yeah, it's, I, I just was like, well, it, it really comes back to, I'm going to put out my content. Do I think it's good? It's, it's uh, behind the scenes in many cases of the school of podcasting. And it's, again, it's like a paragraph and a half. And then I have one section, what caught my eye? And that I put in Evernote. On occasion, I'll see a, oh, look, it's a novel idea. It's an AI tool that transcribes your your stuff. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard of this. But uh, things that will come across my desk. I'm like, I, I need to check out that later. Uh, that's in there as well. So it's super simple because I was like, okay, everybody's seeing newsletters. And it's been worth it. Uh, I've had a few people sign up from the newsletter. Uh, but I was like, what can I do? Right. Cause if I want to stay consistent and for the record, I'm not, I'm late. This was supposed to come out last night, but it didn't. So, you know, they're going to tie me to the chains and, and, uh, public flogging. I think, uh, they'll uh, pull me out and cane me. They're bringing back caning for people who are late on their newsletters. Uh, so that's coming and I do what I can and you either like it or you don't, but doing this is better than doing nothing. And like I said, it's, it's working. So, and that comes back. Isn't this fun? Just watching Dave tangent from tangent to tangent. Uh, another thing here, I'll even tap my thing. So I know is tracking what you're doing. I just looked, I use uh, a, again, yet another link I have to add to the show notes. I use Zendler for my courses 
and I was looking at reports because we're closing in on the end of the month. And I saw where two people uh, came from podcast movement because that was the first time I handed out my business card that has a coupon code that says, use the code card when you sign up. And I went in and I could see where somebody signed up and I saw that it was a discounted rate. I'm like, oh, what coupon did they use? And it said card. So it has the, um, it has a QR code, I think that even uses a built-in link. So, um, so track everything you do. And so I have a, a coupon that people use from the newsletter. You can use the coupon code coach if you want to join the School of Podcasting here, and I'll know that you heard about me on the School of Podcasting, because by knowing what works, you can do more of that. When people sign up at the School of Podcasting, I send them a video with Loom, who I'm deeply disappointed just stopped their affiliate program. I love Loom. And the first thing I asked them is like, how did you hear about me? I want to do more of that. So when you can kind of figure out what's working, you can do more of that. Gary is on fire. He says, Schmidt drops ads into his podcast that blow my ears off. That's not good. I use a plugin called uh, Master. Here, hold on a second. I will share my screen. It's from Waves. It's called WLM Plus. And I love it because I can go in. First of all, anything that says Mike Russell on it, you know it's going to be good. That's the guy from Music Radio Creative. But here it is. And I go in to Hindenburg and I say, Hey, here's the little button. And I have a bunch of plugins. You can see I've got, uh, this one's kind of neat. GW voice central. This is also from waves. That's a compressor. And it also has a doubler, which is kind of cool. Uh, that can make you sound really radio. It also has a reverb, which is really annoying. But if you really crank up the compression on this, where most compression makes you kind of bassy, this brings out some clarities in your S's and T's. So if I have somebody that's kind of muddy, I will do that. I've really been playing with this Accentize uh, D-Revive Pro. This is a cool plugin. Again, I'm just adding links to the show notes that if you have a really boomy fishbowl sounding thing, it's kind of a D-verb, but I love the fact that there's a, a knob. So there's studio that will remove some of the background noise, or if you have something that's just really muddy, uh, there's a retain button. So that's handy. And there's, this is one of those software, there's like an affordable version and then the ungodly expensive version. And I have the affordable version. Uh, Akon Digital is a great plugin if you want to remove that fishbowl sound again. That's a great D-verb plugin. Uh, and the other thing you noticed about these is, do I have any? Uh, then, of course, Isotope. Who doesn't love Isotope? I love the Deplosive. Their D-reverb is okay. But how I keep all of my audio the same volume is in WLM plus there is a preset that is from Mike Russell and it's a podcast loudness and limiter. And so consequently it kind of smushes like it, it jams my audio into the wall and then limits it. So it, it comes back. Everything is in my, I, I from what I can tell when my ads come on, at the School of Podcasting, they are the same volume as me. I do my best because I'm with you, Gary. That drives me nuts. That goes back to the days of 1970s commercials, and it would come on, and all of a sudden, Yule Gibbons is, is pushing some grape nuts, and he's blasting your head off. Dan says, from Based on a True Story Podcast.com, there are services that take a podcast episode and cut short videos out of it. Are there services that do the same but offer newsletter content for an episode? There is a video... If you Google Mike Russell 
he's he's got a whole show now ai like something like mike russell ai podcast and he shows how using this thing called make.com yet another link for the show notes that one's an affiliate link by the way uh for make.com it's kind of zappier but a little more nerdy um it looks really cool but he basically when he flags something in uh feedly so he's got a post. He's like, oh, this is good. And that one's good. And that one's good. It sends it to chat GPT, which reads that article and boils it down to about four sentences and then sends it, sends it to a, uh, an article, a Google doc, which is then sent to 11 labs where robo Mike reads it. And it sounds like Mike, which is then sent to, because it ties in with make.com SoundCloud. And I was like, Mike, you had me until you threw SoundCloud into the mix. And it, it goes. So all Mike does is go into his Feedly, star a couple articles, and a podcast spits out. So that's not really what Dan was talking about in terms of other people cutting up clips. But if you want to do a podcast and not get behind the microphone, it's it's spooky. It really is. And it's one of the, I want to use that not for the robo aspect, but I've tried multiple times to do a show about Akron, Ohio. And I have to sound stupid. I have to read the articles and I'm like, if I could have chat GPT, give me a summary that I, you know, don't have to spend too much time fat checking. I might bring that back because I found the content. It was just like, Oh, I got to read this whole article and then say if it's good or not. So um, at any rate with that, thank you guys for hanging around. I really thought somebody would jump in and be a co-host, but you know, nobody's got, everybody's in their jammies this morning, but Jim will be back uh, next week as always. Not that he's not here. He was here this week too, but I do appreciate the chat room as always for coming out. Ask the podcast coach.com slash live. If you're listening to this later, go to ask the podcast coach.com slash ask, and you can leave a voicemail and we will play that on the show and answer your question. I always forget to say that. So on the school of podcasting this week, I have something Elmer, mm, a real, it's a phenomenal, uh, like how to launch your podcast. We're talking about podcast launches today. I want to say Christine, but that's not it. Katie. Mm. Anyway, her last name is Elmer because it makes me think of FUD. And uh, it was a phenomenal interview. In fact, it reinvigorated my faith in interviews because I'd had a couple like, meh, you know, um, and that you haven't heard yet because, well, they're, and I was like, you know, I'm not sure this interview thing, I need to do more research. And I was using some of these matchmaking things and she came on board and I was like, okay. And I've, I've come to the conclusion that if you are not a heck yeah, uh, gosh, golly, if you're not a heck yeah to come on my show, you're not coming on my show. Cause I had a couple of people on me like, eh, they might be a fit. She came on and knocks it out of the park. So if you are looking to some things that you might want to go back and go, Oh, I, I need to check that on my show. So school of podcasting.com. That'll be coming out on Monday. Uh, thanks to Mark over at podcastbranding.co And of course, Dan over at based on a true story podcast.com. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting. I hope podcasters it's what I do. And uh, I would love to see what we could do with you. So we will see you next week.